Preaching Christ. Many remarks have been made to the effect that in their discourses our speakers have dwelt upon the law and not upon Jesus. This statement is not strictly true, but is there not some reason for it? Have there not stood in the desk men who have not had a genuine experience in the things of God, men who have not received the righteousness of Christ? Many of our ministers have merely sermonized, presenting subjects in an argumentative way and scarcely mentioning the saving power of the Redeemer. Their testimony was destitute of the saving blood of Christ. Their offering resembled the offering of Cain. He brought to the Lord the fruit of the ground, which in itself was acceptable in God's sight. Very good indeed was the fruit, but the virtue of the offering, the blood of the slain lamb, representing the blood of Christ, was lacking. So it is with Christless sermons. By them, men are not pricked to the heart. They are not led to inquire, What must I do to be saved? Of all professing Christians, Seventh-day Adventists should be foremost in uplifting Christ before the world. The proclamation of the third angel's message calls for the presentation of the Sabbath truth. This truth, which others included in the message, is to be proclaimed, but the great center of attraction, Christ Jesus, must not be left out. It is at the cross of Christ that mercy and truth meet together, and righteousness and peace kiss each other. The sinner must be led to look to Calvary. With the simple faith of a little child, he must trust in the merits of the Savior, accepting his righteousness, believing in his mercy. Subheading, The Love of God. Through the love of God, the treasures of the grace of Christ have been laid open before the church and the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 What marvelous, unfathomable love which led Christ to die for us while we yet sinners! And what a loss the soul suffers, who, understanding the strong claims of the law, fails to acknowledge that where sin abounds, the grace of Christ does much more abound. When the law is presented as it should be, it reveals the love of God. But it is no wonder that hearts are not melted even by truth when it is presented in a cold, lifeless manner. No wonder that faith staggers at the promises of God when ministers and workers fail to present Jesus in his relation to the law. Some workers in the cause of God have been too ready to hurl denunciations against the sinner. The love of the Father in giving his son to die for the race has been kept in the background. Let the teacher of the truth make known to the sinner what God really is. A father waiting with yearning love to receive the returning prodigal, not hurling at him accusations of wrath, but preparing a feast to welcome his return. Oh, that we might all learn the way of the Lord in winning souls. God would draw minds from the conviction of logic to a conviction deeper, higher, purer, and more glorious. Often human logic has nearly quenched the light that God would have shined forth in clear rays to convince men that the Lord of nature is worthy of all praise and glory because he is the creator of all things. Some ministers err in making their sermons wholly argumentative. There are those who listen to the theory of the truth and are impressed with the evidences brought out. Then, if Christ is presented as the Savior of the world, a seed sown may spring up and bear fruit to the glory of God. But often the cross of Calvary is not presented before the people. Some may be listening to the last sermon they will ever hear, 
and the golden opportunity lost is lost forever. If in connection with the theory of the truth, Christ and his redeeming love had been proclaimed, these might have been won to a side. Subheading, The Way to Christ More people than we think are longing to find the way to Christ. Those who preach the last message of mercy should bear in mind that Christ is to be exalted as the sinner's refuge. Some ministers think that it is not necessary to preach repentance and faith. They take it for granted that their hearers are acquainted with the gospel and that matters of a different nature must be presented in order to hold their attention. But many people are sadly ignorant in regard to the plan of salvation. They need more instruction upon this all-important subject than upon any other. Theoretical discourses are essential, that people may see the chain of truth, link after link, uniting in a perfect whole. But no discourse should ever be preached without presenting Christ and him crucified as the foundation of the gospel. Ministers would reach more hearts if they would dwell more upon practical godliness. Frequently, when efforts are made to present the truth in new fields, the discourse is given a largely theoretical. The people are unsettled by what they hear. Many see the force of the truth and are anxious to place their feet upon a sure foundation. Then is the time, above all others, to urge home upon the conscience the religion of Christ. If the meetings are allowed to close without this practical work, there is great loss. Sometimes men and women decide in favor of the truth because of the weight of evidence presented without being converted. The minister's work is not done until he has urged upon his hearers the necessity of a change of heart. In every discourse, fervent appeal should be made to the people to forsake their sins and turn to Christ. The popular sins and indulgences of our day should be condemned and practical godliness enjoined. Feeling from the heart the importance of the words he utters, the true minister is unable to repress his concern for the souls of those for whom he labors. Oh, that I could command language of sufficient force to make the impression that I wish to make upon my fellow laborers in the gospel. My brethren, you are handling the words of life. You are dealing with minds that are capable of the highest development. Christ crucified, Christ risen, Christ ascended into the heavens, Christ coming again should so soften, gladden, and fill the mind of the minister that he will present these truths to the people in love and deep earnestness. The minister will then be lost sight of, and Jesus will be made manifest. Lift up Jesus, you that teach the people. Lift them up in sermon, in song, in prayer. Let all your powers be directed to pointing souls, confused, bewildered, lost to the Lamb of God. Lift him up, the risen Savior, and say to all who hear, Come to him who hath loved us and hath given himself for us. Ephesians 5.2 Let the science of salvation be the burden of every sermon, the theme of every song. Let it be poured forth in every supplication. Bring nothing into your preaching to supplement Christ, the wisdom and power of God. Hold forth the word of life, presenting Jesus as the hope of the penitent and the stronghold of every believer. Reveal the way of peace to the troubled and the despondent, and show forth the grace and completeness of the Savior. There is only one path that leads from darkness upward to the light until it touches the throne of God, the path of faith. This path is not dark and uncertain. It is not the way of finite minds, not a path made by human hands in which toll is exacted from every traveler. 
Entrance to it cannot be gained by works of penance. The way that God has provided is so complete, so perfect, that man cannot, by any works that he can do, add to its perfection. It is broad enough to receive the most hardened sinner if he truly repents, and yet so narrow in it that sin can find no place. This is the path cast up for the ransomed of the Lord to walk in.